I um, want to talk to you tonight about the wonderful camp meeting and make some comments about it and how God wonderfully blessed and some of the things that were said about it. And I wanted to emphasize to God be the glory because he showed up in a wonderful way. And I've never seen people so wound up and so excited and so blessed. And I can't tell you how many people have come up to me and commented about how good, how refreshing, how encouraging, how wonderful, and how great the camp meeting was. Nathan Laser said, it was the best camp meeting he's been to in years. Matt Schwartz says, it was a wonderful camp meeting. Tanya Young in Georgia said, <clears throat> it blessed her soul over and over again. She cried off and on all week long with joy. Raymond Cantrell and his nephew Dylan <clears throat> said, it was one of the best they've been in. They loved it. Can't wait to come back. Mark Sankey from Cincinnati, he absolutely loved the worship and loved being in the camp meeting, even though he was here for just one day. Ann and Bruce Morris said it was one of the best camp meetings. Sarah Ingram said, I was so thankful I was able to come. The camp meeting was good. Brad Epperson said, thank you for the invitation to such a wonderful camp meeting. I can't tell you how much I enjoyed it. My soul was fed by the word and worship and the fellowship was such good medicine. My wife and my son were also blessed. Nota Howell said, thank you to you and the entire congregation for making the camp meeting happen another year. Ed Ramey, he requested uh, Elias uh, and was blessed, and he can't wait to receive all the messages. And his receipt is in the box, and give me uh, the CDs, and I'll send them uh, out to him. Matt Schwartz texts Casey Davis, we really enjoyed the services. Relay to all the saints, another big thank you for your wonderful hospitality. Love you all, Brother Matt. Rick Webb called me about an hour ago, and he took off right after he preached, never got his uh, check, and uh, he wanted to know when the, what the dates of the next year camp meeting were going to be. He said, I, uh, I need to bring some of my people to this camp meeting. And he went away and, and was so blessed and was thrilled and, and was just overwhelmed to be in such a powerful atmosphere. And he's looking forward already to the camp meeting next year. All week long, both local and out-of-town folks couldn't say enough about the services, the fellowship, the food, the hospitality that they received from everyone. I want to say again a special thank you to everyone that volunteered, to the cooks and everybody that did the cleaning and the waiting on tables and the servers and the ushers. Everybody was so busy and so polite 
and uh, everybody in the camp was very impressed with, with all their, uh, their, their service. We were on the mountaintop for the last eight days. I think we can all say amen to that. And the excitement <clears throat> all died down when the saints returned home. But it was a blessing to know that they returned with encouraged hearts and they were blessed and they were uplifted in many ways. And when everybody left, and we, we know that the service that follows the camp meeting is always an uphill pull. Everybody's exhausted. Everybody's looking for rest and recovery. But I want to thank everybody who really put forth energy and effort to make this camp meeting one of the very best that we've had. So what I would like to do this evening, just for a few moments, is highlight some of the spiritual admonition that God sent our way last week through all the speakers. And I want to ask you, what are you going to take away and keep from last week's camp meeting that will enhance or that has enhanced and improved your walk with God? Did this camp meeting do something for you? Did it inspire you? Did it encourage you to make moves in your life to get closer to God? Was it a challenge and was it a blessing? And we can all say it was all of that. But to walk away from a camp meeting like we just had and then settle back into whatever state we were before the camp meeting, it would be a shame. Because there was enough preaching, there was enough Holy Spirit, there was enough rejoicing, there was enough anointing last week that should have sent us off with a determination. I know it's been a, a, a letdown when, when the camp meeting's over, but it should have inspired us and created a desire in us that we are going to get closer to God, we're going to do more for God, we're going to make ourselves more available to God, and we're going to do what we can do and have allowed this camp meeting to really inspire us. If you weren't inspired by this camp meeting, I would have to say something is wrong. God visited this camp in an unusual manner. And the, the two choirs that came together, and that was an excellent, that put energy into our worship. And the energy was so high that some of the ministers said to me, I don't know if I'm going to be able to follow that act and keep the emotion and the energy to as high a level when I stand behind the pulpit as when those choirs were singing and those special songs were singing. And let me tell you something. One of the most anointed songs of the, of the whole week was Eric McMahon. He couldn't hit a note in a million years, but the glory of God fell upon him, and it spilled over on us. And there were others who God blessed. 
and Sister Nancy Miller, wasn't she a blessing? And so many and all of them. It, it was a blessing. And, and I stood back there and I watched, and you did as well. that it truly is God's anointing that makes the difference. It's, it's not talent all by itself. It's not ability all by itself. God can take a bush and set it on fire. Amen? And it'll get more accomplished. So I thank God for the wonderful way that God worked in the camp. Every service, every service had a, a special touch. Something was received uh, and given to us by God and received by us just being uh, in, in the fellowship. So I want to ask you, what, are you, what did you or did you take anything away from the camp meeting that you're going to allow to have an influence in your life for weeks to come? Here are a few highlights to refresh your memories. Nick Wilson from Pennsylvania shared with us how life is a struggle, but God is still at work in every generation since the creation of man and takes every diverse background of humanity and makes them all one in Christ while giving us grace and strength to overcome all of our struggles. He exhorts always to, exhorted us to always be sensitive to God's commands and the Holy Spirit. He warned us that if we resist the Holy Spirit of God, it will create a hardening in our souls, in our hearts, and will cause us to miss God's visitation. And he ended by saying, stop resisting God. Wonderful message. Sarah Ingram reminded us that Satan is seeking whom he may devour, and our valleys last as long as God permits them to last. Whatever trials we're going through, whatever burdens we carry, God doesn't give us more than we can handle. You can trust God, she said, through your trials. One live stream viewer texted me today and said, I watched the camp meeting services. Sarah Ingram's service was, wow, incredible testimony. Brought tears to my eyes. God restores Jack Woodward, pastor of the Campbellsville, Kentucky Church of God, took Robbie Spencer's church, reminded us that our children are watching our lives. They're watching our attitudes. They're watching our emotions. And they need to see us praying, walking, and living in the spirit. Mark Sankey, evangelist from Cincinnati, Ohio, um, has some kind of fellowship with God's Bible School in Cincinnati was a dynamic first-time speaker in our camp meeting on Monday night, as well as Jack Woodward. And the title of his message was, how many of you remember, without looking at your notes? Huh? 
That's right. How to live our lives without regrets. And he gave us three ways to live life without regrets. And the first one that he mentioned was seek God early. And then he used Ecclesiastes 12.1, Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not. The days in which we become set in our ways, those are the evil days. The days that come as we grow older, the aging process begins to take its toll, and then it slows down our energy and our vibrancy in which to serve God. The wise man is saying, remember thy creator. I like the way that text starts. Remember thy creator, reminding all of us that we were created by God. We are the offspring of God. And we didn't come from monkeys, we didn't come from amoebas, and we didn't fall out of trees. Reminding us of the one who made us because in youth we are least encumbered Remember thy creator in the days of thy youth. Why? Because you have strength. You have energy. You're least encumbered. And it will be easier to bear your cross than it can be in old age and decrepitude. It's hard for old people. They're set in their ways. You heard the expression, you can't teach an old dog a new trick. Brother Yoder gave us some statistics oh, a while ago. And he said, the longer you wait to give your heart to God, the more the odds go up against you ever getting right with God. Remember thy creator in the days of thy youth. Why? Because you won't have to go through a lot of heartache, a lot of misery. You won't have to be wounded and disfigured by sin. So many benefits when we seek God early. And that's what uh, Sankey first point was remember God in thy youth before the effects of advancing old age bring days in which you have no pleasure because of the aging process your aches and your pains and your days are difficult in which passions and desires of life all become weakened the older you get the more unable you are to match the stamina and the energy that you need to overcome sin, Satan, and the world. And your old age, sometimes the enemy will take advantage of your mind, and it's a difficult time. And what happens to the aged who found no time for God? They lose the awareness of living a meaningful life, and then they end up being haunted with emptiness and the void that's within them. Secondly, Mark said to have no regrets. No regrets. He said what? He said what? Play by the rules. You see, there is an advantage to taking notes. We come in to some of the best services we'll ever hear. And we walk out the door, and we can't even remember a thing. Shame on us. Those things that are being delivered to us are anointed. They're heaven sent. And so what he said, 
was you've got to play by the rules. In other words, you've got to live your life by the word of God. Those are the rules. Amen? Worship God faithfully, he said. Read your Bible, pray often, and live a righteous life. Thirdly, anybody remember? Mark Sankey said, if you want to live without regrets, give it all you've got. Give it all you've got. Good admonition. Mark's going to be preaching uh, a revival for us in the spring of next year. He's busy all the way through. How many enjoyed Mark Sankey from Cincinnati preach the evening service? He was powerful. He was powerful. And we had to reach over the line to get him and reach our hand in fellowship and bring this one into our fellowship. Thank God. It was very powerful. He was very impressed. He was only here just one or two services and uh, thoroughly enjoyed himself. Give God all you've got. What do you mean? He took the example. Put your Isaac on the altar. Amen. Put your Isaac at the thing that you love the most. If God asks you to give it up, you've got to put it on the altar. And he exhorted us further on the things in our lives that we know that are, are hindering our walk with God, we need to put that Isaac on the altar and, and, and allow God to use us. Brother Yoder took his text from 2 Timothy 3. This know also in the last days, perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of themselves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unfaithful, unholy, without natural affection, fierce, despisers of those that are good, lovers of pleasure more than God. What did he tell us about this text? This is not a characteristic of sinners, but it was the characteristics of the saints. Paul was writing to the saints in the latter days. The saints were going to start falling apart. The pressure was going to be too much. They were not going to be able to keep the pace. And then he went on to say, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. He made the point that many will overlook. Paul was not talking about sinners, but he was talking about professing Christians, having a form of godliness but denies, denying the power thereof, ever learning and never able to come to a knowledge of the truth. Hosea said, my people perish for lack of knowledge. And then he went to James and he explained how blessed it is, the man who endures temptation. And I loved what he said. And he went through all the stages. Men are tempted by their own lust. 
And this is why a lot of people fight holiness. They don't even understand the stages that it takes for you to die spiritually. And he said men are, are tempted by their own lust. They're led away and then they're enticed. And then when lust is conceived, it brings forth sin. And sin, when it gets in the heart and you acknowledge the fact that you're going to do that thing which is wrong, then it brings forth spiritual death. Temptations, lust, enticement, emotional urges, thoughts of evil, flashes of evil, he explains, are not sin until sin is conceived in the heart. But you take people that fight holiness and don't understand what the Bible says, well, you had a thought of evil, that you're a sinner. And you looked over there and a thought come in your mind or you're just walking down and then some crazy other idea comes in your mind. And people don't understand. See, God's got enough sense to know how he made us. And he knows how we think. Amen? And sin's not sin until it grabs you. Until your heart reaches up and pulls it down and a conception is made. And a decision is made. And he made that very clear. We have many desires to gratify the impulses of the flesh. But if we try to satisfy our desires, Brother Yoder said, outside of the boundaries of God's law, we sin. And he emphasized pleasure as being one of the main emphasis. God's laws by themselves cannot break the power of sinful pleasure. Paul said, the law was just a schoolmaster to bring me to Christ. And when the law said, thou shalt not covet, he said, sin revived and I died. Paul couldn't keep the law without the power of God in his heart. But then he wrote, when the Holy Spirit came into his heart, he wrote just one sentence, one letter after another. Walk in the Spirit and you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. There's no way that we can keep the commandments of God short of a born-again experience, short of the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, which enables you and I to say yes, yea, and amen to all of God's commandments. Wonderful message. Tough on a lot of religions out there that say, I sin, you sin, we all sin. And hopefully he'll be coming shortly to give us maybe a three or four Sunday uh, series on what is true holiness and what is not. And I think this was part of what he was uh, uh, working on. The laws of God only reveal sin but they don't deliver us from sin till we are saved and indwelled by the power of the Holy Spirit. And when that happens, all the chains fall off and we are set free. It's an excellent message. Mike Worley preached a powerful message on Zacchaeus and said it's never too late to be who God wants us to be. Elias, I, I, I want to pass something on to you. 
I watched, I had complaints come from out of town and people said, where's the altar calls? And the cameras were fixed, I'm not blaming you, but you're the one that I want to pass on to whoever runs the cameras. And Wednesday morning was one of the best services we've ever had in camp meeting. Wave after wave after wave of altar call. And you couldn't see. The cameras never went from that end of the pew to this end of the pew. And they just fixed on the speaker or the player. I, I don't know if our equipment is geared to show this. Okay, and we're going to put a camera maybe in this corner where we can shoot three quarters of the, we're going to do it soon, where we can shoot three quarters of the congregation. That is a very integral part of our fellowship when you're watching an evangelist or a preacher and then you see a response and that response and then the response that... Uh, uh, Curtis, Donald Curtis, couldn't see the altar call. Couldn't see the altar call all week. I was boiling because we missed it. And those live stream people out there by hundreds missed it. So please, I'm, I'm trust, I'm, you're the one that's going to turn that around, right? Okay. And uh, David... Russell and I are going to teach whoever runs a camera how to run a camera. Okay? You can't move it fast, and you've got to know when you set on, you know, you, 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 wherever there's something going on, the cameraman needs to be there. Not, not just fixed on it. And then you can put wide angle, and you can catch everything. And you can just leave it alone. They'll see what's going on here, what the pianist is doing, what's going on down there. So, um, Elias, I'm not blaming you. Don't misunderstand. But I'm, I'm authorizing you to take care of it, okay? Who, whoever, whoever runs the camera. Uh, let's see. Don't tighten up. I'm the pastor. And I know what people want. Don't tighten up. I don't want to feel any of that. I want to be able to talk to my staff without any kickback. Okay? God called me to be the shepherd. Amen? I have never bullied you. Pretty much, I let you do whatever you want to do. And I want it that way because I want you to know I have confidence in your ability to do what you do. I don't go in there and tell them how to cook. Amen. I don't tell the ushers how to ush. And that's when a church is functioning. So God bless you. I want it to be that way. I want it to stay that way. I don't pull rank. I don't do all that nonsense. Can't go on vacation, can't go to God's acres, can't do this, can't do that, because I said so. No, that's just stupid. That's just dumbbell stuff. All right? All right, Ellis, we've got all these witnesses. 
Ball's in your court, brother. All right. Uh, let's see. Mike Worley, he preached a powerful message on Zacchaeus and said, I love that statement, it's never too late to be who God wants you to be. Nathan preached about being vigilant, being careful, being sober, because the devil is looking for careless believers. He exhorted us not to lose our identity. And then, to, and when I was in Juarez, Texas, I went to three or four bullfights. And what I saw, what those people were doing to the bulls, I walked out of there and I said, I'll never come back. These Mexicans are crazy. I mean, it, it wasn't even a, a feat of heroism. Like he said, the things they do prior to the bull coming out, he don't have a chance. But the point he made is the bull put his head down. And he was so wearied and so defeated, he couldn't lift his head down. And his head has to go down in order for the matador to put the, steer, the spear or the sword right through and kill him instantly. That's what the devil wants to do with us. He wants us to look out here at all that's going on. Some of you can't watch the news. That's good. Don't watch it. Some of you don't even want to hear the news because it's too unsettling. There's nothing wrong with that. That's fine. But don't let the devil get your head down. Get you so discouraged. Get you so overwhelmed. Get you so worried about this, so worried about that. Because that's when the devil will strike and take you out. The admonition was phenomenal. Kelly preached, Brother Kelly, on turning the grace of God into lasciviousness. A person who is without moral discipline and standards. That's what lasciviousness means. Titus 2.11, I don't know why a lot of people can't understand this verse. For the grace of God that brings salvation, the grace of God that brings salvation hath appeared to all men. What does it teach us? That denying ungodliness and worldly lust, that's an effort on your part. That's an effort on my part. We are called with God and he has his part which is to save us, but there's nothing we can do. And then we have our part to keep ourselves in the love of God. So the grace of God appears to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Eric Patrick, the pastor from Irvin, Kentucky. This is uh, Glenn Sizemore, uh, his nephew. Wasn't he a live wire? Amen. He was a live wire. And uh, I, I, I threw him into the ring. I think I asked him to, to, to chair three times. And when you ask a new preacher to chair in a camp meeting, he goes into shock. But this guy took the bull by the horns, and he did a great job. And uh, he loved it. He's planning to come back. Can't wait to come back, and uh, it's just it's just good meeting these brethren 
and they've got such unique styles and unique ministries and unique ways of saying things. And I love the variety. It, it was wonderful. Eric Patrick. Rick Webb preached on Jonah. Jonah. On Jonah. <laughs> who represents our day of apostasy and running away from God. It was another fabulous message. And he warned us of the health, wealth, and prosperity gospel. And those who wear skinny jeans and have big screens and fog machines and empty screams and nightmare dreams, I added. Well, what a statement. It was a great camp meeting. And our church rose to the occasion. Our people made the sacrifices that needed to be made to provide a wonderful hospitality for everyone. In the kitchen, in the choir, in the activities, in the children's activities, everything was working like clockwork. Absolutely working by clockwork. And the congregation did a beautiful job. The people that brought in desserts, the kids, the way they did the blessing. And these kids are pros, you know. They come up. And they say, can I have your tray? I said, sure, honey, here. They take the tray. They don't walk away. They take the tray and they just look at you. We're training them right. But they did a great job. Everybody did a great job. It was a great week. I felt like I was in heaven. Very quickly, we got six minutes. Anybody want to make a comment? about the camp meeting or anything that impressed you or anything that whatever. Anybody want to make a comment? 